Welcome to the Topics on the Pod Podcast. Bringing you today's ad reads. We're gonna go pay the bills without sponsors. And one of our today's sponsors is a good old longtime uh, uh, sponsor of the podcast, Top Asterix, guys. Uh, about Top Asterix. They're the leaders of the industry. Top Asterix is an established creative supplier who was serving happy customers since 2014 with their low wholesale prices, natural source, and five star service. A uh, little story about them. So there we are. Chicago-based cranium supplier, uh, the founder of the company, Jim Sorek, uh, founded Topshop Strex in 2014 with the simple rules, make customers really happy, provide a safe and effective product, and never sacrifice on quality. Uh, what started as a small operation servicing, customers direct has grown to a large operation serving the health and wellness industry. Today, their products can be found in many different retail outlets across the country, as a white label product and an ingredient to new products. Their company supports the industry by being CGMP compliant, supporting different trade organizations such as the American Creative Association and finding the legality battles across the country to help keep Kratom and other natural biotechnicals legal. In 2019, uh, they were the instrumental, instrumental, instrumental uh, company behind keeping Kratom legal in Naperville, Illinois, and they are really proud of them. Uh, when you try products from Time Abstract, you can expect nothing but the best quality and experience. And if you have any questions, please, you can reach out to them and do their very best to help you as quickly as possible. And guys, uh, you just go on their website. You can just find the link in the description of each of the podcasts that I do. And uh, <clears throat> you can go to their website. You can save 15% off your order, guys, and free shipping, guys. We use my promo code STASH. That is promo code STASH at S-T-A-S-H. This saves you 15% off your order. And guys, I'm just giving you a little exclusive. As if you're on, you know, also you a sports podcast. But they're also doing a St. Patrick's Day sale. Of all the products, it's going to be 20% off plus two free tappies, guys. Uh, it's no code required, guys. But uh, after the uh, 17th, the promo code works. Or the uh, promotion will expire. And you can use uh, for further on. Products and we keep continuing shopping on here. You can use my promo code STASH, that's S T A S H, to save you 15% off your future orders and free shipping. Now, let's get into the program. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Jesse, aka DJ STASH, aka the host of the motherfucking podcast. It's episode 98 on Topics on the Pod, where we bring the most dopest audio on the planet. That's right, guys. I know it's been a minute now. The last episode I did it uh, February 10th, so yeah, like I said, my guys, uh, I try to get you more consistent, guys, but, you know, uh, like I told you before in the podcast, uh, it's still, like, a hobby for mine, you know, just, you know, we have the sponsors here, but uh, I still have a full-time job, you know, uh, I kind of recap what's going on since the last time I did the podcast, I know it's a lot of it going on, you know, the uh, Russian-Ukraine war has been going on, I have a video for that, you know, kind of, uh, for people like me, you know, you know, I'm not really, I'm not educated of, uh, you know, all politics, but I love to learn every day, you know, that's what keeps us up. Uh, that's what's good for human beings, uh, just, uh, or obviously it's not for me, instance, uh, I'm a strengthful learning guys, so, you know, you know, your boy grew up in the South, but, uh, you know, where we go, today's technology, uh, that's all we can do is get on the internet, and as, uh, we're all human sponges, cause, uh, we absorb all the, uh, knowledge we can from all the resources. 
there's been a lot of different going on. I know we can talk about the WWE Elimination Chamber, but uh, I will get into uh, some of my thoughts on the Russia Ukraine. I had a video that's gonna pull up. It's uh, uh it's also a controversial uh, person to listen to, but I I I enjoy his channel. It's uh, Beard Shapiro, so I'm gonna pull it up. I'm gonna play that. That will explain. It pretty much helps to sum up the Russian Ukraine. Like I uh, like go to his uh, sources for that. For uh, when it comes to politics, I know a lot of people. You know, it's what he uses about the internet. You know, everyone has their own opinions of what's going on in the world. But you know, for here on the podcast, is what I like to go show for the information. Here we go. If you go to the Ben Shapiro show, and the boy's got uh, four point three million subscribers. You enjoy like enjoy, do enjoy his uh, take on politics. He's been on Joe Rogan podcast a few times. Everything you need to know about the Russian Ukraine been four days ago. Uh, I've been trying to, you know, I was going to do that earlier in the podcast, but uh, as my current work is going, uh, my current schedule, I do a full time job now in the security industry, uh, but I am off Monday through Wednesday and then work Thursday through Sunday. So that's my current schedule now for that. But uh, when I'm off time, I do my other things, you know, around the house or around the community and here all in good old Texas. And, uh, yeah, let's get things done. I'm actually going to go out to dinner after this, so I'm just going to get the podcast out for y'all and uh, go out to eat. Get some up here. But, right. but yeah, let's play this uh, here. From both. All right, guys. This is the uh, everything you need to know about the Russian slash Ukraine conflict. And uh, uh, if you all been to the podcast, you know, welcome. Uh, basically, if I don't have uh, any guests on the podcast, I just do talks on the pod, you know, just re-kindle re, re, uh, what's been going on with uh, my past, or what's going on with my person, you know, go, uh, just kindle up what's been going on with my life from the, uh, the last podcast, and uh, go on Google, Google News for me, and uh, see what's going on in the world, but uh, I know it's 98, it's my 100 episode, guys, uh, probably gonna do something special, really like to do it for uh, all these podcasts I've done, it's really crazy. Uh, I know it's going to be getting a lot sooner, but hey, what can you do? <laughs> it's going to come up, guys, 100 episodes. I'm trying to think of a, definitely going to be like a recorded one, because I'm going to have one recorded podcast, that's for with David Wall, but uh, I think we can just for the stretch 100, maybe get a, probably actually get a guest on this one, guys, I know it's been a minute, I mean, just doing these myself, but uh, as people that are actually in the podcast world, they actually know how it is to deal with uh, getting guests on the show, especially if you're not with like a partner company, if you don't like deals with the... Uh, Spotify or Series XM, you know, just doing it like your uh, independent podcast. All right, definitely before I release a 100, I will get a, uh, I, I guess, definitely uh, we'll try to get a well-known guest for uh, people that actually know, you know, just to celebrate one 100 episode podcast. But, uh, you know, let's do this finish Piro and then uh, break down some wrestling. As, uh, I know, yeah, people like tune into the podcast and chill the wrestling, as do I, because the wrestling is around the corner. And that will probably be the next uh, podcast that I'll do will be after uh, WrestleMania, which will be uh, April 3rd. So, yeah, here's a video from British Girl. Both the left and the right, you keep hearing pieces of the Ukraine. From both the left and the right, you keep hearing pieces of the Ukraine story. You want to understand what's happening and why it's happening. In this video, I'll break down everything you need to know about the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So here is the brief background as to why the Russia-Ukraine conflict matters. The main idea here is that the United States is the global hegemon. Russia is challenging American hegemony and the hegemony of the West. And they're doing so over Ukraine. The reason they're doing so over Ukraine is because Ukraine is not a member of the NATO alliance. 
This, in turn, is part and parcel of a broader take by America's enemies that the West is on the run. The simple fact is that history has now accelerated in the last three years. We've seen China take Hong Kong. We've seen Afghanistan taken over by the Taliban, thanks to Joe Biden. And now we have seen Russia take over no, Ukraine. Taiwan is probably next. So, in 1917, the Russian Revolution breaks out. And it ends, of course, with the creation of the Soviet Union. Once the Soviet Union is created in 1922, at that point, the Soviet Union declares that Ukraine is going to be one of the associated people's republics. During this period, some of the worst predations of the Soviet Union fall directly onto Ukraine. The most obvious example is the Holodomor, which is the Ukrainian famine. This is created by Stalin in an attempt to create industrialization in Russia. The way he was going to do this is he's going to seize basically all of the property in Ukraine. He's going to collectivize the farms. He was going to kill anyone who stood in his way. He was going to kill all of the kulaks, liquidate them. Somewhere between 4 and 10 million people die, are starved, are murdered in the middle of the Holodomor, which is happening at the beginning of the 1930s and lasts for several years around this time. Fast forward all the way until the collapse of the Soviet Union, because for all intents and purposes, Ukraine is just run directly by the Soviet Union during this period of time. So August 24th, 1991, that's Ukrainian Independence Day. This, of course, follows hard on the dissolution of the Soviet Union. So this leads to a little bit of confusion. Confusion because when your overlord just disappears, what exactly are you supposed to do? At this point, Ukraine is just filled with, with nuclear weapons. I mean, like 5,000 of them, just huge amounts of nuclear weapons. The Soviet Union had stationed nuclear weapons all over its client satellite states. And so between 1991 and 1994, a deal is brokered, eventually materializing in so-called Budapest Agreement, in which Ukraine is going to give up all 5,000 of its nuclear weapons, and in exchange, they are going to receive a promise from NATO and from the United States and from Russia that there will be no outside intervention in Ukraine. Russia says, we're not going to intervene in Ukraine, you give up the nuclear weapons. The United States says, we're not going to intervene in Ukraine, you give up the nuclear weapons. For many intervening years, there's really not this great idea that Ukraine is going to solidify in, in sort of part of the Western camp. They, they know they don't want to be part of the Soviet Union anymore, but they're still acting sort of in concert with Russia because they have to play both sides. After all, you can see where they are. That's what I got from it. The whole war conflict was like, uh, you know, Ukraine wanted to join NATO and uh, get out of the Soviet Union. That's, that's what I was going I'm just trying to learn as I go over this war, like I'm saying. Uh, this, this Ukraine is trying to join NATO and uh, Russia's not having that, so they're just going all blowing shit over there, so... It's uh, well times, but let's continue on here. Located. And to pull away from the Russians carries a certain amount of threat. That threat is exacerbated pretty dramatically by the rise of Vladimir Putin in the late 90s as opposed to the drunken, old, bloviating Boris Yeltsin. The rise of a KGB agent who has designs on reconstituting the Russian Empire changes some perspectives in Ukraine. All of this comes to a head in 2004-2005. There's an election in Ukraine between a guy named Viktor Yushchenko and then another guy named Viktor Yanukovych. Yanukovych, who seems to be more aligned with, with Russia, they're running fairly evenly, and Yushchenko is pretty obviously poisoned by the Russians. The Russians really do not want Yushchenko to win. You can see pictures of it. It's insane. I mean, his skin actually breaks out into this insane sort of hive-like rash. His skin looks like it's falling off of him. It looks like he's been poisoned because he has been poisoned. It turns out that he's ingested hazardous amounts of TCDD, which is dioxin, and was part of Agent Orange. And he's disfigured. This prompts massive protests. There's also massive protests because there's a feeling like Russia's going to intervene in this election and basically throw the election away from Yushchenko and toward Yanukovych. So 
There's nationwide protests. These result in the result of the original runoff being thrown out, a new election being held, and this time, Yashenko wins. He receives about 52% of the vote compared to Yanukovych's 45%. This ushers in a period in which Ukraine pretty obviously attempts to join with the West, like much more obviously attempts to join with the West. Between 2004, 2005, and 2010, there's some pretty serious talk about whether or not Ukraine is going to join NATO. Now, if Ukraine joins NATO, then this is going to wrest Ukraine directly out of the control of Russia. Because once there's a mutual defense pact between Ukraine and the rest of the European states, now if Russia ever attempts to grab a part of Ukraine again, that actually triggers a full-scale war between the West and Russia. So Russia really, really does not want Ukraine to join NATO. In 2010, there's another election, and in that election, Yushchenko loses. Okay, and the person who is put back in place is Viktor Yanukovych. Yanukovych comes back. Yanukovych is, kind of for all intents and purposes, trying to draw a line that's very friendly to Russia while maintaining with the population that he would like to join the EU. Okay, well, this all ends in about 2014 when Yanukovych rejects an association agreement with the European Union. And when he does that, another set of protests break out. This is in 2014. And those protests result in him being impeached and him having to flee the country because there are all sorts of accusations of corruptions and crackdowns and him being a tool of the Russians. When all of this happens and Yanukovych flees the country, Yanukovych, who's run away, he then issues a statement saying, we would really like some intervention from the Russians to help us out. We're going to invite you in. The Russians respond by invading Crimea. And in 2014, Crimea is full-scale invaded. There are a bunch of quote-unquote independent forces that start fighting against the government of Ukraine and setting up breakaway republics. They, they, they try to wrest control away and then align themselves with Russia. And those are the ones that you're constantly hearing about. That would be over here on this map, and that's in Luhansk, right? So if you look back at our European map over here, you can see that Russia has now sliced off all of this, is slicing off like a lot of this part over here in, in the east. Kiev is in the center of the country. And now what Vladimir Putin claims is that there was still the possibility at this point that Ukraine was going to ally with NATO, and that if they'd allied with NATO, this would have brought everybody to the brink of war, and he might have had to invade just to ensure that, that Ukraine didn't become sort of a Western cat's paw. But the truth is, since 2010, there's not really been a lot of talk of Ukraine joining NATO again. So he's really just looking for a pretext to invade, because as he said in his recent speech, he believes that Ukraine is a historic part of Russia. So beginning in late 2020-21, he starts mobilizing troops on basically all sides of the border. He starts putting in troops around here and here. He starts putting troops all over Belarus. The border is there. And the West but has been largely supplied by Russian Europe. oil and gas for a very long time. So the EU, and here we're talking the, the countries that you traditionally think of as European. You're talking about, you're talking about France, especially Germany. These places are very, very, reliant on Russian natural gas. One third of all the natural gas consumed by the EU comes directly from Russia through these pipelines. And so Russia feels like we have tons of leverage. We can basically do whatever the hell we want. If we go in, what are they going to do? Sanction us and raise their own gas prices? Yes. And we know that they're not going to militarily intervene in Ukraine because Ukraine isn't part of NATO. So get in while the getting is good and while the West is not going to mobilize to stop you in any serious way. Vladimir Putin deploys all of his troops and he just starts going directly into Ukraine. He's, he's using all of these areas that supposedly were supposed to be peaceful. Remember, they're supposed to be demilitarized after 2015? Yeah, not so much. He starts using all of these as staging areas to go directly into Ukraine. He says he's denazifying Ukraine. Now, the humor in that is that Zelensky, who is the current president of Ukraine, is actually Jewish. 
Vladimir Putin, he's going for broke. He thinks he can take all of Ukraine and the West will basically do nothing. When you're up against people who don't care all that much about whether their countries are impoverished or whether they keep a billion and a half citizens in China in poverty or whether they keep tens of millions of citizens in Russia in abject poverty, when they don't care about any of that, all they care about is the greater glory of Russia or the greater glory of China, the West doesn't have a great comeback to that, especially when we are missing our own raise on debt, especially when we don't have confidence in ourselves to stand up to this on any moral level. Yep. The conversations that our gas prices growing up. It's like uh, this is definitely the where it started last Monday, uh, around Texas region. Yeah, paying uh, oh, uh, damn near four dollars for a uh, uh, Atlantic gas and uh, five dollars for diesel. It's real. It's really uh, hard to say. Well, apparently, it's happening in uh, 08 as well. So, so uh, I put my full support for uh, Ukraine. But uh, it's it's just dark times right now, guys. You know, just another war. Uh, with Russia and Ukraine, you know, people, uh, you know, white on white, uh, you know, people are, you know, it's our time just saying, you know, Russia's doing, you know, like American tactics he did for Afghanistan, you know, it's just scary to hear that, but as, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not into politics, you know, I like to, you know, make into politics one day, you know, be in some kind of political office of how corrupt, uh, our government and, uh, our politics can be. Uh, but you know, I'll just read what's in put in front of me. You know, what the best information I can do when I feel my own you know, human being uh, rights in America. You know, just uh, just don't think it's right. But we just take it day by day. Hopefully, don't you know end <laughs> in a nuclear holocaust, guys. So you know, a lot of people are not informed. Uh, a lot of people are informed with uh, what's going on in the world. So you know, just kind of what we got for uh, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. You know, our gas prices. I know we're looking at other resources for getting our gas, but we'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, what else I've done, you know, uh, the Mr. Chamber Wikipedia, recap on that, I know it's been a few weeks back now, but we'll, you know, let's recap, we'll, uh, break down what's going on with Samaya so far, uh, coming up in April. But I also like to talk, um, I know, like, uh, been keeping up with the Nell Boys, I believe I talked about it on the last episode of the podcast, I know when they, you know, when they came up, you know, they're in that crypto game, which, uh, used to, I'll put up a news article with that, you know, the Binance, that's who the, uh, setting a bill for like crypto regulations, so I looked it up as well for today's episode. But they interviewed uh, President Donald Trump and that podcast got taken down. And <laughs> Trump even said like, uh, I may get taken down. So it's just crazy what's going on with YouTube as censorship and you do have to, you know, it's crazy to see, it's crazy how it is from an American standpoint and also listen to the uh, Pulse podcast with uh, Dana White. But it's just crazy, you just have to, uh, Watch me, yeah, basically watch what you say, or you just get uh, censored by the uh, the lobbyists of YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I love, it's like a love relationship with YouTube, all platforms. I know what YouTube has to do, they think their own uh, agenda, what they should put on there, what not to put on there, but it's just crazy for a very good example. We grew up for, you know, our, uh, <clears throat> our rights to free speech. But, but as a YouTuber myself, you know, I just go by what YouTube has to, has to put in front of us, you know? But I just don't think it's not right. Well, they know boys they have a podcast that, or uh, you know the drama drug podcast on YouTube get like five million views in a day, and then uh, got deleted. Yeah, this is uh Nell Boys from uh, you know the founders of the founders. It's crazy um, these guys, man. Uh, I never really listened to them. It's, I forgot like how I first got it and watched the Nell Boys, the full set guys. It had to be like with Steve. Like I just wonder what looks like Kyle and Steve, but I never watched like their old diet. Uh, old. 
uh, beginnings. Like I watched it like when I first got into them with the rope uh, videos, really like Jesse and all them. When they're or Celine, uh, yeah, Celine. It's a couple guys are not in the the show anymore, or I guess the channel. But uh, you can watch the uh, Donald Trump uh, full set podcast with them about their uh, uh, website. But this is a clip from uh, uh, from Kyle uh, confirming with Bolts and uh, podcast Donald Trump group on YouTube. So five million views in twenty four hours. YouTube has just deleted our Trump podcast episode. Trump was right. Trump was right. Yeah, it says uh, it's showing like the. Uh, the message from it says, Hi, Full Sand Podcast. Our team has reviewed your content, and unfortunately, we think it violates our misinformation policy. Uh, we've removed the following content from YouTube. This is their pocket, uh, the podcast with uh, Donald Trump. Uh, it says, We know that might be disappointing, but it's important to use that YouTube is a safe place of all. Yeah, seeing this, yeah, it's just censoring shit from everything. I don't think it's right, no, but it's also YouTube's platform, so. You know, it's just something you have to battle. It's just uh, crazy. All right. But all right, guys, let's pull up uh, the WD thing. Okay, guys, I pull it up. As this uh, plane is uh, flying over the house. Uh, but can we have here the Limited Chamber 2022. Uh, known as No Escape in Germany. Apparently, <laughs> they changed the name somewhere in Germany. Uh, but it was a 12th Unlimited Chamber professional wrestling event produced by WWE. Uh, it was the seventh event that WWE held in Syria, Saudi Arabia, uh, which I like to go to Saudi Arabia and uh, see Dubai as well. That's what I like to visit out there if I ever go to the, the Middle East. Uh, apparently, the, you know, the, uh, Dubai has like a big ass amusement park of Warner Brothers, man. You know, like uh, Six Flags, you know, they have like the Trace of Looney Tunes, but they actually have a Warner, Bro uh, Warner Brothers theme park, indoor theme park in uh, Dubai. Uh, checks it out on YouTube and uh, social media. Era. The, uh, Google, the internet, uh, looks pretty fascinating, so, yeah, I also like to see the, uh, what do we call it, uh, let me get the name right, the hotel there, yeah, I just, this is how to pronounce it, yeah, it's the, uh, one of the famous hotels in, uh, Dubai, I check that out, and going on right now, it's like, it's in May. I don't know. That's the next check availability is in May. Like, I want $900 a night. Yeah, I know two, uh, you know, favorite video game, Sidetrack. Uh, but yeah, it was the seventh event in Saudi Arabia under a 10 year partnership. That's what they have. So they have uh, until 2030 for their partnership then if they get renewed. Uh, it's also the first elimination chamber event to take place in Saudi Arabia, because usually it's, uh, you know, you know, obviously, been taking place in America. I actually went to the Lewis Chamber. I don't know what I talked about before. <laughs> I may do it on the podcast, but yeah, I went to the other one in Houston uh, a couple years back. So, we, uh, 20, it had to be 2019. So, you can go any Dodie events in uh, 2020. But yeah, it's first to take place out of the United States, and it's first to be held on a Saturday as well. Uh, it was also WWE's first previously established event to take place in the country. Uh, so there were seven matches, so we go down and break down the matches. Down here, it's already been time. Point time passed already. Uh, the pre-show, Rey Mysterio with Dominic Mysterio defeated The Miz by pinfall. Uh, singles match, match went for 8 minutes 20 seconds. Uh, 
uh, over the rest of that match. Uh, Roman Reigns, champion with Paul Heyman, defeated Goldberg by technical submission, sequence match for the WWE Universal Championship, match went for six minutes. That's a typical Goldberg, Goldberg match going a little bit, uh, like five minutes. Uh, I'm just glad the match finally happened. Uh, Roman Reigns visited Goldberg, supposed to be like back at WrestleMania, you know, for the pandemic. I uh, didn't expect that finish. Uh, never seen Roman Reigns uh, defeat someone. It's been a while, like, someone could probably tell me. Uh, been a pay-per-view match and a, and a submission. Usually he just wins in a spear. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was entertaining for the, you know, go typical Goldberg match five minutes. So, yeah, definitely uh, worth the time for that. Uh, then we had uh, Bianca Blair Lair defeated Alexa Bliss, Dewdrop, Liv Morgan, Nikki Ash, and Ryan Lipley in the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Raw Championship match at WrestleMania 38. So, it'll be Bianca Blair Lair versus... Um, Becky Lynch, which uh, she did have that uh, uh, injury at that live show, so we can get into that. So hopefully she uh, will make for recovery uh, for WrestleMania. Should be once away, the way it's looking like. Uh, the fourth match, Naomi and Ronda Rousey defeated uh, Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville by submission. Tag team match, basically just to get Ronda Rousey back in you know, the groove. Match went for uh, 9 minutes 14 seconds. Oh yeah, that women's legend day. Elimination Chamber match went for uh, 15 minutes 45 seconds. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward for the Ronda Rousey match WrestleMania, even though I won't be there live, even though it's going to be on Saturday, so. Uh, the fifth match, Drew McIntyre defeated, uh, Mad Cat Moss with Happy Corbin. <laughs> Can't believe they give. Uh, they should just let it, poor Baron Corbin, man. They should just let his name be Baron Corbin. And what was it, what, Sag Horn, poor Corbin before? Whatever. No, it's Happy Corbin, like, come on, man. I don't, I don't see how long, if they don't put his name back to, like, Regger as Baron Corbin, I don't see. Yeah, honestly, like, I like the guy. Like, I like, he's entertaining, but I don't... I just don't see how long he's going to be staying in the company with uh, this kind of gimmick. But it was a uh, fall count... Fall count... Falls count anywhere match went for nine minutes. Uh, speaking of Becky Lynch, uh, Becky Lynch uh, defeated Alita by pinfall. Single match for AEW World. Raw Women's Championship match. Match went for 12 minutes and 12 seconds. Or, 12 minutes and 10 seconds. I actually enjoy this match a lot. Uh, it's kind of, you know... Kind of like a throwback with uh, Charlotte Flair and uh, Trish Stratus. <laughs> the mic. I just took the minute there. But yeah, uh, I thought it was a good match at SummerSlam, but uh, this was a good match too. So I uh, definitely see Leo back uh, in this match. So yeah, definitely push up Becky Lynch's her status as a champion to see when she goes to WrestleMania. Uh, then the main event, which we all predicted on the last podcast, and he brought Brock Lesnar to smash everything and become a champion. Uh, to lean towards uh, WrestleMania. But yeah, as Brock Lesnar defeated Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Riddle, and Seth Rollins at uh, the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship. Match point for uh, 14 minutes, 55 seconds. The women's match actually went longer than that, so I believe that. Well, basically, Brock Lesnar, you know, just demolishing everybody in there. But I got Bobby Lashley out there early. Uh, I was in like kayfabe or not with that injury, just to, you know, protect him. Because I originally thought they were going to have him in uh, that Madison Square Garden match, that live event for Saturday, but then turned out to be Austin Theory, which I just watched that the other day. It's completely a squash match just to set up Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Just because uh, Roman Reigns posted up Brock Lesnar after that match at uh, MSG. But yeah, uh, so for overall, that pay per view, I would give it a uh, 4 or 5. I really enjoyed uh, both Elimination Jammer matches match and um, the Becky and Alita match. Uh, everything else kind of a throwaway. But yeah, uh, then we'll go.
also, uh, what was it, the last Monday when, uh, when speaking of injuries, uh, unfortunate with uh, Biggie with his uh, neck injury. He took that horrible um, uh, Bailey to Bailey suplex uh, really bad. So let's see if there's some news on that. Or updated news. There we go. Then I'll play the video from Biggie from his update. Uh, some news from uh, CBS Sports it says Biggie surfaced broken neck after an unintentional fall on his head during WWE SmackDown. Biggie took a scary bump at the opening of the show that left many concerned for the superstar's health. Since Biggie suffered a broken neck during Friday's episode of SmackDown, he was stretchered off after a terrible landing during the show's opening match. The former WWE champion landed on the on the crown of his head while taking a suplex outside the ring. Biggie and Kobe Kingston versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Uh, yes, when uh, did the uh, suplex to be? Uh, they kicked off Friday's uh, episode of WWE SmackDown. During the match, Holland delivered a belly-to-belly suplex. But I said, to Biggie outside the ring, Biggie did not fully rotate to his back and instead took the bump square on top of his head. Uh, Biggie appeared to be injured and laid motionless after landing on the ground. Commentator Michael Cole noted that medical personnel were attending to the member of the new day. Uh, said he shared a video on social media confirming the serious injury suffered while ensuring he would be okay. Uh, this is the video here, so we'll, we'll play it here. Well, this is uh, his Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. Twitter at WBiggie. I can't thank all of you beautiful people enough for all of your concern and your messages. It's very heartwarming. Uh, I can move all my digits. You see that? That's so nice. That's always a good thing. Um, strength feels fine. But unfortunately, uh, right now, they tell me my neck is broken. So there's that. But uh, once again, thank you, everybody. I'm going to be all right. I'll be good. Don't worry. Go to sleep. Don't worry about all me. But uh, for real, thank you. And uh, I appreciate all of you. For real. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. You know, there's a lot of injuries can't happen in the wrestling business, but, uh, you know, if you're from, uh, from me, you know, talk with the pod, we, I wish Biggie a full, school, full speedy recovery, guys. And I'm going to look at your neck injuries, uh, what we know, say, what do you think, uh, probably has to be more care, probably has to do a different style approach in the ring, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, definitely, uh, we'll love to see Biggie back into the uh, square circle, uh, very soon, guys, so, sending out my love to Biggie, guys. And then, uh, it's going by the Banking Lynch one. We'll see if we can update on that. Here we go, uh, from Sports Wiki. It says, WWE Raw update providing on Becky, Bianca Belair's entry after Becky Lynch's attack. Ah, wait, that's the wrong one. But apparently there's a storyline entry for Bianca Belair, too. That's a storyline entry. Uh, this is from Mars Tim. It says, Becky is from WrestlingWorld.com. This is Becky Lynch really injured. It says a little while ago we reported that Becky Lynch, the Monday Night Raw champion, did not show up on the show this Monday, posting a photo on social media with a caption that explains to the fans the reason for her absence. It says obviously on these occasions in the world of professional wrestling, it is always difficult to understand whether or not they are working. So something was invented to carry on storyline, or if it is actually all true. It says PWI Insider Hyper wanted to give a small update to the whole WWE Universe on the real situation that involves around this injury of Becky Lynch. Since the latest update on Becky Lynch, the wrestling news site wrote, As noted earlier on PWIinsider.com, Becky Lynch announced she suffered a vocal fracture while battling Bianca <coughs> Belair and 
Allenton, uh, Pennsylvania last night. Uh, Lynch uh, fought that show's main event against Belair and Riley Reed, winning. PWIinsider.com has learned from some sources that Lynch is legitimately hurt and the current expectations that she will be able to be able to be back in action in about two weeks. So there you go. As as long as as long as this goes according to plan, Lynch will be fine to fight Bianca Belair at WrestleMania 38. While Lynch posted an Instagram photo from a hospital bed, she is currently behind the scenes on Raw in Cleveland. There is no word if the rift is legitimate or just a sunlight cover for another problem. Indeed, Becky was backstage because shortly after again on social media, she posted a promo video saying, Well, I did. I did it. I escaped from the hospital and arrived in Cleveland just in time to, for the end of Raw. Now, it mattered hours ago. Becky Belair hit me as hard as she could in the throat, fracturing my alarms. Ah, shit. Uh, she hit me so hard that I spat blood all over the Allenton Arena. No, no, no. I came here because I wanted to put my hands on Becky Belair. And when she heard I was coming, she ran away. I asked around and they told me she was running as fast as she could. She's about the starting line here, I guess. Uh, Becky Lynch uh, recently took to her Instagram to provide an update on her status, revealing that she won't make it to the latest episode of Monday Night Raw uh, show. Uh, the Raw Women's Champion stated that Belair fractured her voice box during the house show. Uh, since this was her post, unfortunately, I will not be a hashtag WWE Raw tonight. Not only did Bianca whip me mercilessly. With the illegal weapon that is her hair last week, but last night in the main event of Hashtag OTB Allentown, she tried to take away my biggest weapon, the spoken word, by fracturing uh, my voice box. So she can't keep me down that easily, I'm coming for her next week. You can't spell her smear without I. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, she, I think it's she legitimately broke that and just you know, keep it on the storyline that uh, she's going to be full recovered, so... It's good. It's good that uh, we're still going to see that match going on, and uh, Becky Lynch is all right for uh, WrestleMania. So, we got that. Next out here. Uh, I put on like a game update, guys, before I, I'm going to switch over to like Google News for the last uh, 15 or so minutes of the podcast. Uh, I did pick up some few games for the uh, Switch. Picked up some Mario Superstars. Picked up Mario Super Party, which I uh, returned to that. I didn't really feel for that one. Uh, picked up, you know, I'm an anime lover, guys. I've been following pockets for a while. Picked up the Fairy Tale game. Been playing that for a little bit. Been enjoying that. Uh, you know, I'm doing it to Japanese uh, subtitles. Or uh, some, the Japanese game, but the English subtitles. And I played Inflo. <laughs> I played uh, Halo Infinite. Uh, I enjoy the I'm gonna say uh, the Halo Infinite. I enjoy the game as it is, but uh, I can see why uh, there. I can see it was really rushed. So it doesn't seem like the story was complete. Uh, the game was about ten, ten and a half hours. Uh, and also, there's no uh, online co-op campaign for it. It's all right overall. Uh, definitely don't like it's like uh, this. I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't played it. But I see you love to the the game. You have like a few mini bosses, but then the main bosses, you know, it's basically been on you the whole story. You don't get to fight him at all. Like, I'm guessing they're portraying that for later on in the summit of the game, but I think it was just kind of like a teaser, you know, just a ball teaser <laughs> to not be able to face him. So, that's kind of less credit in my game for the Halo series. So, yeah, don't have, let's say, uh, just played it for the time being. So, I enjoyed it for up, for up to the point that I did, but I was just thinking it was kind of short-lived, so... Yeah, I'll definitely think uh, Halo should have waited and just released the whole game as a 
as it should have been instead of just uh, uh, trying to release it early. But I still enjoy the Halo Series overall. Just uh, I think this game will just intended. It should uh, it's not a complete game, I should say. But uh, I'll give that game a three out of five. That way, uh, was not completed. But the graphics were I did see were really phenomenal. So if you don't mind uh, waiting for more of the installment of that game, definitely I would break it, pick it up. Oh guys, and also I uh, installed the uh, PS5 version of the GTA 5, guys. <laughs> Three generations of that game, guys. I've been playing this since the 360 days. Got it from the 360, then I transferred my uh, character to the PS4. Then I transferred my <laughs> to the PS4 to the PS5. Had to do the uh, $10 upgrade, which uh, had the disc for the PS4. So I just uh, sold it to GameStop, got like a $15 trade credit. And uh, you spend the $10, guys. So uh, apparently that's from the podcast, guys. You can be able to do that. If you have a disc version, get your money, and then upgrade the PS5 when I do that, so... Yeah, I won't be able to sell the PS5 version, obviously, because it's on digital, but, hey... As I said before, GTA series is one of my favorite series of all time. So, don't mind that. I'm just definitely ready for GTA 6, whatever version that's gonna be. Uh, but, graphics-wise, it kinda looks the same. I mean, I joined the new vehicles that came out with GTA, uh, the PS5. Uh, which, uh... No, I don't know about this, uh, do Oracle. Here we go. Here's a news article for it. Polygon.com. It says, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 next-gen preload, release date, and price details. So, get into that. Uh, it's from March 13th. Because I'm recording the episode on March 16th. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll get this episode going on tonight right before uh, St. Patrick's Day. So, uh, I, uh, you know, we used to, like, read some history lessons from, uh, that's holidays. So actually, we may look up us a little about St. Patrick's Day. How about that, guys? After this article, and then we'll read a couple new stories from uh, Google News and the podcast. But yes, it's Grand Theft Auto Five Next Gen preload, release date, and price details. Here's here's when you can start playing GTA Five, PS Five, and Xbox Series X. Well, I'm gonna tell you, know, it's a summary. Therefore, you can already play it. It's uh, like released yesterday. But yeah, it says Rockstar Games will release Jeep Grand Theft Auto 5 and a standalone version of Grand Theft Auto Online for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X on March 15th, which is out now. New and native versions of the game with additional graphics, graphical, and gameplay enhancements. While the PS4 and Xbox One versions of uh, GTA 5 are playable on PS5 and Xbox Series X, uh, respectively, the new versions are a separate purchase and are not a free upgrade. So like I said, guys, gonna pay the ten dollar upgrade. Uh, it's probably gonna tell more about it before uh, this bullet head. Uh, it says GTA Five and GTA Online for PS Five and Xbox Three Six are available for pre order and pre loading on these platforms, which I did. Uh, they will go live Tuesday, which they're live now, and offer visuals up to four K resolutions, frames up to 60, 60 frames per second, HDR options, ray tracing, faster loading times, improved textures, and other new features. Here's how to get the new. Next gen versions of GTA 5 and GTA Online. GTA 5 on PS5. Grand Theft Auto 5 on PlayStation 5 can be purchased digitally and preloaded from the PlayStation Store. At launch, the game will cost $9.99, 75% off the standard price of $40 through June 14th. So, yeah, guys, after June 14th, you have to, the whole game is paying $40. Gonna uh, open my beer here. The beer here. Okay, hell yeah! Into the Stone Cold part a bit. <laughs> the podcast. Uh, 
find GTA 5 for PS5 and PlayStation Store, just look up for the game page that has the PS5 logo. But if you're only seeing the PS4 version, select the game. It says the select the da 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 button. This is where you'll find the fullest version of GTA 5. The game requires 86 gigs of storage. It pays on the PS5, which is down that. Uh, this is for, and it says, this PlayStation Plus subscribers will get GTA 1 million in virtual currencies for GTA Online through March 14, 2022. Uh, this for GTA on Xbox Series X, Grand Theft Auto 5 on Xbox Series X can be purchased digitally and preloaded from the Xbox Game Store at launch. Uh, this game will cost $20, 50 percent off the standard price of $40 through June 14. So, <laughs> so you're actually paying more on the Xbox for PlayStation for the full game. Uh, so it's going to throw online on Xbox Series X. Uh, so it's going to throw online on Xbox Series X can be purchased digitally and preloaded for the Xbox Game Store at launch. The game will cost $9.99, 50% off standard price for $20 through June 14. So yeah, uh, the online is free for PS5 until June 14th and it's uh, the $19.99. Then you're going to pay. Uh, $19.99 for the full game right now instead of ten nine or nine ninety nine for a PlayStation. So you're saving like ten bucks on PlayStation. And about transferring, transferring GTA Five, GTA Online saves from PS4, Xbox One. Uh, Rockstar Games will let players of the PS4 and Xbox One versions of the Grand Theft Auto Five migrate their story saves and GTA Online profiles to the next gen versions of the games. Which I didn't realize what I did, so don't worry about that. If you want to transfer your data. Uh, it says here's the uh, quick explanation of how to do that for Rockstar support website, which also has more detailed instructions. So, what are we going to do? If you want to do that, uh, it says migrating your GTA 5 story mode save game involves the following steps. Number one, ensuring your Rockstar Dave social media social club account is linked to the preferred console account. Number two, uploading your GTA 5 story mode save game process or progress from PlayStation 4 or Xbox One to the Rockstar Game social club. Number three, Opening GTA 5 on PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X S and downloading the save game. Players can update their save game until the an incident and a download of their save game on the PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X or S. So there you go. Alright guys, so if you want to do if you're uh, wondering how to do that for the battle game, there you go. Oh yeah, WWE 2K22 is also released as well, guys. I'm thinking about get or not thinking about. I am going to get that. Whenever do Twitch on Twitch again when I get better internet, I will be uh, streaming that a lot for uh, wrestling fans. So be sure to look at that in the foreseeable future. But yeah, let's uh, get into the rush minor car here, brother. Because uh, probably the next podcast I will do will be after WrestleMania, which probably be April 4th on the Monday, which uh, I also, <laughs> it's going to be a busy day on because that's when I'm getting my passport for the first time, guys, so I'm going to be traveling. As I'm getting, you know, I'm 28, uh, oh yeah, I also has an, uh, there's already a full on YouTube uh, on there, I have, you know, done another birthday, this is the last podcast, February 25th, guys, turn 28, 28, guys, uh, it's... I just feel like that, guys. I still feel like I've been out of high school at 18. <laughs> Sometimes. But, yo, 10, 10 whole years out of high school. Crazy. Crazy, guys. But, yeah, I will discuss when I'm going to be traveling. But, uh, let's get into the card here. Here we go. 
Heroes fan 38. Right. This is uh, I'll just bring it up because this will be the uh, we'll be talking before WrestleMania happens. Because it's about two weeks from then. But yeah, so WrestleMania 30 is an upcoming 30th annual WrestleMania first row live event. Produced by WWE, it will be held wrestlers for most of the Raw SmackDown divisions. This event will air on pay-per-view worldwide and will be available to stream through Peacock in the United States and the WWE Network internationally. It is scheduled to be held as a two-night event, which I do not like. Because <laughs> we started that look at uh, the pandemic era. See, I wish it was go back to one night, but uh, we'll, I guess we'll see if like next year, if it's still two two nights, it's going to continue that, I guess, which uh, me personally, I don't like. Because uh, it's like one to one night when it comes to wrestling. When I went to WrestleMania 30, that one night, that was just great from the build-up all the way through from uh, the trash winner taking losing WrestleMania 30 to uh, Daniel Bryan becoming champion there. Just uh, overall, great, great one night event that they like to stay with. <laughs> but it's not what they're doing. But yeah, it's going to be a two-night event taking place on April 2nd and 3rd. We're just going to have the Hall of Fame on Friday, which um, is going to be on April 3rd because I do have to work and I'm not taking two nights off, <laughs> two more nights off for, uh, I'm already taking a Sunday night off to go to this uh, WrestleMania on the second night. But uh, I can't take off, two, I'm not taking off two more days uh, to go to these. Uh, I would like to, but I'm just thinking up for uh, other events that I'm going to throughout the summer. But yeah, it's going to be happening at the ATA. A-T-T-A-T Stadium in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex the city of Arlington, Texas. Which would be the third time I'm actually going to the stadium, guys. Because <laughs> I've never seen a, actually a football game like, you know, in Dallas Cowboys or anything. It was like the first time I went there was the uh, Post Malone Festival, the Posty Fest. And then it was the Cowboy Festival, which uh, that became a one-time deal, apparently. Because <laughs> well, it was the Cowboy, it was like a Lollapalooza thing. You know, Santa for instance, because they had like they had to do it in multiple uh, locations. Like, I think they had an island somewhere. I forgot the island. And uh, they do it in California. And then they just tried it one time in Dallas. Three-day weekend. And I guess that was it. Because <laughs> that was the only one uh, Kid Rock ha- ha- headlined that one day. What was it? The, uh, uh, Leonard Skinner. You know, people that do band of Leonard Skinner and uh, Black Eyed Peas. Flow rider and all them. Yeah, it was a great time. I had to, took a buddy out there. It was a great time. But anyhow, uh, which is the event will be the fourth WrestleMania to be held in the state of Texas. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I know they had a Cowboy Sam before at 32, I believe. Yeah, 32. It says uh, either 17, 25, that 25 was Houston, and 32. And the second in the AT seems so. And it'll be my second WrestleMania. I guess, I don't know if you want to call it, I guess risk me in half, so I'm going to call it both days, so. And it says after WrestleMania 32, 2016, it will be the uh, third WrestleMania to feature Brock Lesnar for Red Rings. Yep, the trilogy. It's what we call it trilogy because uh, Seth Rollins came out 31. In the, yeah, in the main event. It's the third time in the main event in WrestleMania. So, uh, 31 and 34. With uh, Dodi billing uh, the match as the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, which they say that every year, but hey, that's what sells views. Uh, it says which will uh, which will see the unification of the promotional two world championships. Was there yeah unification? Was like third, fourth time they're like combining the championships again. It's going to be a thirty that you're like combining it, or they didn't really combine it that time. When Daniel or uh, Randy Orton had it, it was between Randy Orton and John Cena at the what was it, TLC match, and then they unified. 
They unificated it at like a, in a ladder match. And then Daniel Bryan won it from uh, where it was Randy Orton to Batista when I saw WrestleMania 30. And then they split the championship again and another unifying again. So that's just in that span of uh, eight years. I think people will spaz out. If anyone says, uh, but yeah, it's unifying, it's unifying the two world championships from Raw SmackDown. So, uh, a little background to it, guys. Uh, WrestleMania is considered WWE's flagship live event. If you know, you know, haven't seen WrestleMania, it says, uh, having first been held in 1985, it is the longest running annual professional wrestling event in history and is held between mid March to mid April. Uh, ever since I've watched wrestling, it's been uh, beginning of April, not mid-April. Uh, it was the first of WWE's original four pay-per-views, including Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. You know, which, uh, I've been to Royal Rumble twice, uh, I've never been to SummerSlam or Survivor Series. I would like to, but I mean, I've, I've been to all the gimmicks. I've been to Hell in a Cell, the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, the Money Bank pay-per-view, and a Raw show. That's a lot. I've been to two, eight, you know, off WWE, I've been, like, wrestling-wise, I remember my first rest. I don't remember a ton of the podcast, but, uh, uh, first high, uh, first wrestling event I went to was, uh, when I started living with my dad in high school. I think it was 20, it might have been 2010, 2011. It was like, I don't know if the bros are still going around. It's UCW. Uh, I don't remember all the wrestlers, but I remember some wrestlers from uh, TNA at the time it was Impact Now but TNA were there former TNA wrestlers and uh, Tommy Dreamer uh, was actually the headliner of that uh, that match of that uh, wrestling show went to at uh, Belton, Texas guys at the Expo Center uh, yep UCW it wasn't even the main uh, that's what they always do the wrestling shows like there's a main uh, uh, center arena in the Expo Center and then they have to the side of it, and that's where you have to go. They put the side in the side session up. I don't know why. Like, they can't really think they think they can't sell a lot of tickets, but that's what they did. But yeah, that's how I dream my headline that night. <laughs> Some kind of like uh, hardcore match. But yeah, think about the wrestling events I went to. Yeah, that was the first one, and then I went to the T. Uh, uh, Avenue's Impact. So I got to see Mickey James, one of my uh, favorite uh, women uh, wrestlers of all time. Got like an autograph from her from like a uh, poster uh, silk bandana, pretty much. Or it's like a silk poster, really. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, just went to the Raw one day, one uh, 2012, and then WrestleMania 30, and then two. Boy Rumbles, and then the last uh, W event I went to was the Money in the Bank. Um, two Royal Rumble matches. And then I want to sell one of his favorite matches. That's all I've been to. But yeah, onto the background. Uh, it, says, uh, it says, and as of October 2021, it is one of the company's biggest, or five biggest events of the year, along with Money in the Bank. Like I just talked about. Now they added Money in the Bank, so they're a top five biggest favorite reviews. Which uh, I've heard like a lot of people don't like the game matches, but I like it. You know, if you know, oh, you always bring a Money Bank match or uh, I want to sell or the Chamber. I'm like, it's good for like people that don't want to see that live. So I get that aspect as well. So I guess like the last year's uh, not a marriage standpoint, we had to go to uh, Saudi Arabia for Elimination Chamber. But it was great when I got to see uh, 
Because that's how all those gimmick matches. The Hell in a Cell, the Money Bank, and uh, the Chamber all in Texas. I never had to travel out of state. I never traveled out of state for a wrestling event. Not including WrestleMania. Or only, oh, I was, no, I scratch that. Only, uh, I did for uh, WrestleMania 30 for uh, New Orleans. That's the only time I did it. That was my vacation. I went to uh, New Orleans for WrestleMania 30. That's the only time uh, I went out of state. But now, for uh, WrestleMania 30, I don't have to. It's be right here in Texas. Uh, but it says, because WrestleMania is ranked the sixth most valuable sports brand in the world, in the world by Forbes. Uh, it is described as a Super Bowl of sports entertainment. Uh, WrestleMania 38 will feature wrestlers who are roasting the Raw SmackDown brands. They're not even, they're not even promoting like NXT anymore. This is sad. Uh, in addition on airing on traditional pay-per-view, it will be airing on Peacock in the United States and WWE Network and the national markets. It's a thing too about the Peacock thing because you know, they sold out uh, to the Peacock Network for uh, what's only a billion dollars just for the United States. So, there you have that. Um, it says on January 16, 2021, in addition to an announcement and date and location to change over Square 37, which had to be rescheduled due to the COVID 19 pandemic, the promotion will reveal the dates and locations of the next two WrestleMania events. WrestleMania 30 was announced, you know, for ATT and A. ATT AT and T Stadium in Dallas, suburban hours in Texas. It was originally scheduled to be held solely. I'll see it was originally scheduled solely on April 3rd, 2020. However, on October 25th, 2021, it was revealed that, like the previous two WrestleMania events, WrestleMania 38, was expected to take place over two nights. So originally, it was, I didn't even know that was supposed to be, originally supposed to be one night, which I just I just wish they just keep it in one night. But it says it was revealed that uh, it says it will be the fourth WrestleMania to be held in the state of Tech. Uh, no, we did that. Yeah, is there, I don't know why I repeated that, but it says it would be the fourth WrestleMania to be held in the state of Texas, and the second to be held in the venue after WrestleMania 32 in 2016, which set their attendance world record of WrestleMania event of 101,763, which is kind of controversial on that, if that's the actual true number. And yeah, it says, which was, however, disputed. Travel packages became available on November, 20, November 8, 2021, while general tickets went on sale on November 12th. So, yeah. Your boy has tickets to that on Sunday. That's Sunday with, uh, gonna take my dad out. My dad's a wrestling fan too, so he's never been, to, he's never been to a, uh, a WWE event, so, uh, it's basically his, uh, his birthday's in June as well. <laughs> it's crazy, his birthday's in June, and, uh, Father's Day is in June. And it's Christmas gift. It's kind of much all his, uh, Christmas, his, uh, Christmas gift and the Father's Day and birthday all in one. Is uh, you take it to WrestleMania. But yeah, so far here's the matches lined up. Uh, pretty much got it even right now, except for the Randy Orton one. But we'll get into that. This is night one for April second on Saturday. Charlotte Flair versus I don't know it's in order, but this is what's going on Wikipedia. Night one April second, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Then we have Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul, which. Uh, yeah, we don't all know if they have this on like. No saying like I don't have anything against Logan Paul. Like I'm saying, uh, everyone has you know, you hey, love the guy, you know, him for this movie because of the uh, the Japan situation. But you gotta give it to the kid guys. Like he he knows how to do marketing, he knows how to be successful in, you know, current America, Hollywood industry. 
I think he doesn't know anything about has more information about WWE. You can tell about his own podcast, but hey, that's it. But it's the studio wants to go for it. That's what we have. You know, I got nothing. I have nothing against the cut the guy personally. So, we're going to see what uh, happens that night. And then we have uh, Drew McIntyre, which it's more Drew McIntyre, man. He was like he just carried the whole pandemic era as champion, and now he's just in a match with Bear, uh, Happy Corbin. It's 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 just sad for that guy. But we do great for that match. Uh, then we have the Usos, Jay and Jimmy Uso, with their tag team champions versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rich Boogs uh, for the SmackDown Championship, tag team championship. So yeah, let's be. Uh, so far, that's what's going on for night one. Then night two, so I'll be at. So we're gonna catch your boy over there. Yeah, WrestleMania, we're gonna be there. Uh, we'll be. Uh, it's not order, obviously. I mean, Sprog Lesnar, W Champion versus Roman Reigns, Universal Champion with Paul Heyman. Winner takes all match to unify the WWE Championship and WWE Universal Championship. Uh, I don't know why I didn't talk about the first night because the KO show was supposed to be listed. Uh, we still talk about that since they put it up there. Uh, but second match, uh, Queen Zina, Zelina and Carmella Champion versus Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Riley Reed and Liv Morgan. Triple, triple threat tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. See how that goes. Uh, then we have Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn in the singles match. Uh, I don't remember if I talked about this on the podcast, but I did watch uh, Jackass Forever. Uh, very entertaining. I would overall uh, sum, sum up that movie. It's like being Jackass being Pain Olympics. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, uh, just look it on Google. Like, there's a lot of ball hurting action in that movie. But. Uh, it's kind of sucks to see they just kind of like threw away the uh, what was it the past past week's uh, Raw SmackDown they like changed hands of the Inter- Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship because we thought it was going to be John Maxwell and Sami Zayn for the United States Ship, or yeah, the Championship but now uh, Sami Zayn just lost his, the belt already so it's just going to be a plain match so it's kind of less uh, uh, I guess excitement it would be more excited like John Maxwell just won the belt just like yeah <laughs> just like a of a, a Hollywood stuntman just won the WWE Championship I don't know because I love Jackass I've always grew up with Jackass I've seen all the movies uh, we have Pat McAfee who's you know announcer and he has his uh, YouTube channel which he uh, did an interview with Vince McMahon uh, I guess that that interview was like entertaining you know just doing the uh, softball questions and anything entertaining because he doesn't want to work for the man so it does make sense so but uh, we'll kind of like that because we thought it was going to be Pat McAfee versus Vic McMahon. Now that's going to be leading up after he thinks uh, McMahon's going to be on the um, his, uh, Pat McAfee show. But uh, I see that that's the case. So looks like Vic McMahon is not going to wrestle WrestleMania. So there's that news broken. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, which uh, that was the guy that, you know, jobbed out to Brock Lesnar at the MSG Arena last show. And then now. Uh, one of the matches I really want to see, just got on the second night, is Edge versus AJ Styles. I'm glad Edge. Good to see uh, Edge versus AJ Styles or WrestleMania Alive. So, because I could see Edge at, uh, I was at the Royal Rumble before, you know, the, pandem- uh, the pandemic took over the world. Uh, 2020. And then uh, Solomon Money in the Bank versus Roman Reigns. Like, I interviewed about Seth Rollins. Uh, but yeah. And then uh, the one that's undecided is the. RK Bro, Randy Orton, Riddle versus uh, To Be Determined. 
in a tag team match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. I'm thinking it's going to be, uh, it may be on, I think it's going to be night two because uh, they already have the SmackDown Championship on night one. So I may think they're going to be on, they're putting that for night two, which uh, I will not be disappointed if they put it on night two. I would like to see uh, Randy Orton and Ray Roll on there. But uh, I don't know why they have put on there. It's uh, the KO show with SoCo Steve Austin. They've already you know, promoted on the, on the uh, television networks. That's already going to be on night one. Uh, kind of disappointed when we can see Stone Cold on Saturday, but I mean, we all thought it's going to be like a wrestling match. I don't think it's going to be a wrestling match. I think it's going to be, it's like he's always been doing, everything's been coming back since this is the last match with The Rock. You just come there, come on the KO show. They'll actually probably do the same thing like I actually got into wrestling, or the first WrestleMania I watched was WrestleMania 21 when uh, Stone Cold came on to the uh, Roddy, Roddy Piper's Piper's Fit, which a recipe for Roddy Piper. Uh, you know, just came on there, just did a little physical altercation, and that was it. So I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's going to happen. It happened. Uh, there's your resume. He'll just come on the KO show. He'll just talk, they'll be just talk some smack. Maybe some other Texans like Booker T and Shawn Michaels come out and uh, just beat up Kevin Owens. That'll probably just be it. I don't think they're actually going to have the uh, match, which that would be a shocker. I mean, they could have done like a, uh, the Rock, you know, the, uh, the Wyatt family segment they did. The Rock did like a uh, just a one finisher to uh, Eric Rowan, and that was it. They could easily do that. You know, since Soko always just comes out as a stunner, they can just ring the bell. He st- he uh, stunners KO Eric Kevin Owens, and that's it. But I don't think they're gonna do that. I think he's gonna come out, do a segment, tell some trash, brings out some other Texans like Booker T and Shawn Michaels, beat up Kevin Owens, and that's gonna be it. So. Uh, I would be less disappointed. I would be less. Uh, I'd be more disappointed if like they actually had a match, and I'm like, ah, oh. because uh, you know my dad's saying when you know my dad grew up on the, or when he didn't watch, he, he didn't watch some of the Attitude Era, so yeah, of course we have been decided to see Stone Cold live, but if that could be a legit match, you know I don't think we're missing much. Uh, but hopefully we have the uh, Hall of Fame. You know they always have the Hall of Fame people come out on the WrestleMania, so hopefully they'll do that tonight too, so we can see the. Uh, we ought to take her come out. So, but we'll see. We will see, guys. But yeah, we're getting up to past the hour here. So, uh, wouldn't be for the podcast if we don't get some uh, Google News for me. We have some guys on the podcast. We don't have any guest space for the Google News for for me section. So, up stories for me. Let's see what Google thinks I do want to look at. We have Corvettes, wrestling, politics. More wrestling. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the crypto thing. That's what we I think we're going to know that guy's with the crypto. That's what we're going to put in. Still on wrestling, we'll talk about. Oh, uh, it's about the events I am going to this year. We're doing that, and then let me pull that article for the crypto and get that ready. And the daylight savings time, too, guys. We'll put that in effect. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Because uh, you know, we had daylight savings, guys, uh, for last uh, Sunday. We are especially in the spring, guys. It is especially spring break, guys. Spring break, woo! Which, uh, no, I'm 20, I don't know, it's called spring break. As we celebrate spring, you want to, you know, really celebrate spring break. Guys, I physically celebrated spring break like two years ago, or 2019. Uh, I think I'll talk about it. I did a Facebook Live one before my friend uh, Micah was on the podcast. We went to uh, South Padre Island and seeing Steve Yogi. Stay out there on the beach, which uh, you know, look Google South Padre Island for Texas is uh, one of the top spots to go 
for spring break, guys. So if you're listening out there, you young guys out there, want to celebrate spring break. I'm, actually, he's uh, Steve Oak is actually uh, doing another show for this week, but uh, I'm not going to spring break. I'm doing more of my uh, vacation in the uh, summer instead of spring. All right, it's gonna go put up. Got an order for uh, Joe Biden's crypto executive order bill and the. Uh, the daylight saving that's coming up to, um, to bill as well for the states. So we'll read these two and then I'll sign off to the podcast, guys. Because your boy's going to go out to eat. This, uh, uh, this is from uh, recruiters.com. So it's U.S. Senate. Uh, this is from March 16th, which is today. At 11.26 a.m. says, U.S. Senate approves bill to make daylight savings time permanent. It says, Washington, uh, March 15th, Reuters. The U.S. Senate on Tuesday passed legislation that would make daylight savings time permanent starting in 2023. Because this is a bill, not an action yet. This is ending the twice annual changing of clocks in a move promoted by uh, supporters advocating uh, brighter afternoons and more accounting activity. But so you don't want to keep the time out just right now, not to fall back the screen forward. So what do y'all think, guys? Uh, I know they did it originally for farmers. And apparently we only we go through actually keep doing this. And other states, you know, like Arizona and Alaska don't do this. So I personally, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I like to keep it the time. I don't like going back and forth. So, yeah, I like to have more sunshine, sunshine the day. So I'm for it, man. I just you know, want to do it. You know, I, if, uh, you know, if I was in a political official, I would, uh, I would sign off on this to keep it how it, how, I would keep it to, to not go in, uh, Chasing time zones uh, twice a year. I would keep it out of the so we have more sunshine today. Proves everything for farmers and everything else. But yeah, it says uh, the Senate approved a measure called the Sunshine Protecting Protection Act, unanimously by vote by voice voted. Uh, the House of Representative, uh, which has held a committee hearing on the matter, must still pass a bill before it can go to President Joe Biden to sign. So that's what we're waiting on. So yeah, Joe Biden says on that, and like that's the thing. Uh, yeah, I go for it, for sure. Uh, the White House has not said whether Biden supports it. No, so he doesn't even know yet. Uh, spokesman for House uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, declined to say if she supports the measure, but says she was reviewing it closely. Uh, okay. Uh, Senator Marco Rubio, one of the bill's sponsors, said supporters agreed that the change would not take place until November twenty twenty three. If you know that's that she gets passed after inputs from the airlines and broadcasters, which you know makes sense. Uh, the change would help enable children to play outdoors later and reduce seasonal depression, according to supporters. I mean, I was you know can support our farmers too. You know that's the reason we do this whole thing. So uh, we keep it in the spring. You know later in the day, uh, put supporters you know time for the farmers to see how the crop and work. So uh, if I'm going to choose to take uh, to keep the time for fall back stream forward. I'll keep it the spring forward time. Uh, it says, pardon the pun, but this is an idea whose time has come, he added. Uh, it says, the National Association of Convenience Stores uh, opposes the change, telling Congress this month, we should not have kids going to school in the dark. This is a Sunday, most of the United States resumed daylight savings time, moving ahead of one hour, the United States will resume standard time in November. So since 2015, about 30 states have introduced legislation to end the twice yearly changing of clocks, uh, with some states proposing to do only if neighboring states do the same. Makes sense. 
Uh, the Housing, Energy, and Commerce Committee held a hearing on the issue last week where Representative Frank Palau, the committee's chairman, said the loss of that one hour of sleep seems to impact up for days afterwards. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just a week and then pretty much everyone is on board. You know, the schedule is. Uh, it says it also can cause havoc on the sleeping patterns of our kids and our, <laughs> and our pets. Oh, my God. <laughs> you think of the pets? Uh, Palau backs ending the clock switching back, but has not decided whether to support daylight or standard time as the appropriate choice. Uh, okay. At the hearing, uh, Beth Malo, director of the Vanderbilt Sleep Division, okay, uh, our daylight savings time makes it harder to be alert in the morning, saying it is like living in the wrong time zone for almost eight months out of the year. Uh, Pallone cited a 2019 poll that found 71% of Americans prefer to no longer switch their clocks twice a year. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Uh, Sports saving change could prevent a slight uptick in car crashes that uh, typically occur on the time changes and point the studies show a small increase in the rate of heart attacks geez, and strokes soon after the time change. Uh, they argue the measure could help businesses such as golf courses that could draw more use for the evening daylight. I agree on that because when I went to the golf course, uh, it does take a lot of time. And the time I did the 18 course, it pretty much was sun, sun down for that. Um, that was during the fall as well. Uh, it is also a re, uh, repercussion on our economy, on our daily lives, said Senator Ed Markey, another lady sponsor. Daylight savings time has been placed newly in all the United States since the 1960s after first being uh, first tried in 1918. Uh, Year-round uh, daylight savings time was used during World War II and adopted again in 1973 in a bid to reduce energy use because of an old embargo and replaced a year later. Uh, the bill will allow Arizona and Hawaii, which do not observe daylight, uh, not Alaska, uh, Hawaii, Arizona, which do not observe daylight savings time to remain on standard time as well as America, Samoa, uh, Guam, the America, uh, Northern Mariana Islands, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. First Islands. So yeah, uh, just for me, uh, other supporters keeping the one time. Uh, also, I didn't forget the uh, new little history background of St. Patrick's Day, so we'll do that before I do the crypto bill. Let's put in why America celebrates that. See why we do that. Let's see what Google says. Mm -hmm. short trips, no, no, no. Well, the short description here is from AmericansLibrary.gov. It says, on March seventeenth, Irish and Irish Americans uh, commemorate the death, as legend has it, of Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland, who died on March seventeenth, around four ninety two A.D. But mainly, people today honor Irish heritage as its rich cultural traditions. Yeah, I agree on that. I don't think. Uh, Anyone celebrates because of a person dying, I think it's just sort of the culture of Ireland. Which is cool, man. I'm like, it's not like anything in America. We don't celebrate like Chinese Day or Chinese culture or UK. It's just string iron. I think for America, it's like, yeah, we just, we just want to take to make an excuse for drinking pretty much. Just a green beer. Uh, but yeah, we celebrate cities all over the U.S. celebrating with parades and festivals. Uh, 
something St. Patrick's Day, but like anything Drake related, I celebrated when I went to uh, Oktoberfest in uh, Houston at that uh, Renaissance Festival. So yeah, that summarized it right there. So yeah, we just celebrate because they're culture and traditions. Cool. Love that. Yep, I'll be at work, so uh, after 10 o'clock, uh, we're going to go for that Thursday, I'll be able to celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day. But yeah, we're going to turn the podcast with the crypto bill in this from Coindesk.com. Uh, it says Joe Biden's crypto executive order is a symbol. It says the symbolism of US, U.S. President Joe Biden. Signing last week's uh, directive may have more of an impact than the practical effects. The article came out uh, yesterday at uh, 5.50 p.m. Uh, since the federal government is coordinating its approach to digital assets uh, with different agencies and apartments tasked with writing reports, uh, it says you're, ra- you're reading State of Crypto Coindesk. Yeah, okay, I know what I mean. <laughs> uh, this whole of government, the narrative. Uh, U.S. President Joe Biden announced a whole-of-government approach to regulating digital assets in a sweeping executive order, uh, directing various government agencies and departments to answer specific uh, questions about cryptocurrencies and blockchain. Why it matters. Uh, this is what this was perhaps the biggest story in the U.S. cryptocurrency world last week. The White House ordered the government to get to work on under, understanding these magical internet beings. This is what it says. Uh, last year's infrastructural bill wasn't enough evidence that crypto is no longer a niche area. Last week's order should put any further doubts to rest. Uh, so bringing it down. President Biden unveiled it's his executive order on digital assets last Wednesday, allowing, uh, says, allow me to show you what the inbox after it says, well, folks, it's finally here, a sitting U.S. president, Cyprian. Uh, sitting U.S. President signed an executive order addressing the cryptocurrency industry, and no one hated it. Of course, the marker says, says, seriously, as far as I can tell, this thing's received near universal praise. The critics are along the lines of it didn't go far enough or it doesn't actually answer any of the major outstanding questions, but by large, or but by and large, our receptions have been pretty positive. Says you can read the text of order here. There's an article. Uh, it says, uh, I don't want to get political, but it's worth marveling for a moment at the fact that we went from a president who once tweeted he wasn't a fan of Bitcoin to one who signed a formal document saying the crypto industry is growing. It must be monitored. Guidelines should be put in place, and the U.S. should be a leader in responsible innovation with the digital asset sector. So the real question is whether this actually means anything. Uh, so on a practical level, the executive order is more or less telling agencies to keep doing what they're doing. Treasury Secretary uh, Janet Yellen, uh, Y-E-L-L-E-N, basically said, as much as works will complement ongoing efforts by Treasury, in a state published uh, to accompany the order, the order also more visibly defines the roles of the Commerce Department and National Security Agencies and Crypto Regulations. Uh, there are a number of reports, some of which are not referred to as reports. At that, the various various three departments will be will have to produce over the next six months or so. Uh, so this isn't uh, explicitly explicitly stated, but it seems to be that one of the main goals is to do away with the state slash federal 
uh, beef concretions of the uh, crypto regulations. For those who uh, do not follow this regularly, crypto exchanges are by and large regulated at the state level as money services, businesses slash money transmitters, uh, while derivatives and tokens that might be seen as secretaries are regulated at the federal level. There are more to it than what than uh, that, but it's a quick surrounds. Uh, the key here, the things uh, I'll be seeing these reports are used, regulated agencies, government wings, treasury. Uh, so the key here, I think it will be seeing the report are used, regulated agencies, and government wings. Let the treasury department have it right now. Scouting are sought uh, specific legis legislations. The Federal Reserve, for example, has said on numerous occasions that it wants Congress to pass a law Authorizing the cre uh, creations of a central bank digital currency before we consider issuing a digital dollar. So I think that's what the government wants. They want to issue a digital dollar. Uh, more reports may lead to more specific recommendations, but that will depend entirely on the Congress and the executive branch uh, departments and how they ut uh, utilize these recommendations. Uh, it says, is this likely we'll continue with the current status quo as it is that We'll see changes at this moment in time. Basically, I, it says, I think it's too early to have any idea of that sort of real impact. This is what I have on a practical level. So we might see some constellation of uh, regulation and move away from the state-slash-federal split, or we may not. Both seem equal likely at this time. Because of this argument that the directive doesn't mean a lot because of a certain amount of sense, this is on a symbolic level, though this executive order seems massive, the United States must technology leadership in this rapid growth uh, space, supporting innovation while uh, migrating the risk for consumers, businesses, the border financial system, and the climate. And it may must play a leading role in international engagement and global governance of digital assets consisting with democratic values and U.S. global uh, competitiveness. A White House fact sheet announced the directive said the order also uh, addresses concerns we've heard about digital assets that they might lead to financial instability or harm consumers. Once again, the order directs agencies to study these issues and at no point does the order specify the regulations the administration wants these departments to take. And so, this next step is watching for the reports rolling. So, uh, read up the banning people work. It took a few days off and basically missed the whole thing in Europe. The headline is the Europe's market in the crypto assets uh, regulatory framework is one step closer to adoption. It's quicker refresh of these years in the making proposal. We create a common regulatory framework for uh, crypto companies trying to conduct businesses in any of the European Union's 27 members of nations. Uh, says my colleagues. Sandela Hengama has a more and more definite explanation here. It says yesterday the European Parliament's Economic and Monetary Affairs Committee voted to advance a draft of civilization, which includes provision for blocking market manipulation and illicit activities, as well as creating licenses that company could seek in one country would be acceptable in the other EU nations. This seems a pretty significant step, but one could be forgiven for thinking this is a MICA news that dominated headlines. Okay, let's get down to studying the blockchain. U.S. President Joe Biden signed a $1.5 trillion 
omnibus spending bill, including among other things, to destroy support for Ukraine, buried in the legislation for two, for two interesting provisions. One will require companies to report uh, crypto ransomware payments. This stems from last year's prominent uh, ransomware attacks, which impacted several uh, critical services, including oil pipelines and meat processors, which we never had effect of that. Uh, another provision apparently ordered the Director of National Intelligence, the DNI, to brief Congress on cryptocurrencies and blockchains. And when elsewhere, it says Ukraine has received close to $100 million in crypto donations. Ukraine received nearly $100 million in crypto donations as of last Wednesday. Uh, on auto side reports, as previously reported, crypto funds are growing to purchase things like bulletproof vests and nitrogen goggles, you know, for work is Ukraine Russia. Uh, since this tiny blockchain startup tangled with SEC could have been a landmark case, the U.S. US uh, Secretaries and Exchange Commission, SEC, sued blockchain startup LBRY last year on allegations and offered an unregistered securities offering lawyers watching the co case play out in court believed it might be significant as a presented uh, Angelina uh, Chen report. It's, and finally, turning off the uh, Outside coin desk, which is the article here. Uh, Financial Times FD has a fascinating and in depth feature on the unwilling of them. Woman Libra, the short version, tries to use, but Libra's ties to Facebook and really doomed it. Uh, the Bird, it's like the before, so we're just gonna keep pass on to that. So, not really relevant to this. So, yeah, we'll just see uh, how cryptocurrency goes with the current registration with America. See how it ties in. But I'm gonna up here. Uh, before I end up here, I know I was gonna say well, some dates I'm gonna go to. So, because uh, I don't want to do for my YouTube, I do want to uh, venture off. You know, you know, my full my YouTube channel, do a lot of reviews. Uh, but I think I'm gonna do more uh, vlog based, starting when I start traveling, guys. So that's gonna be more content for you guys. You've been following my uh, social media and channels like that. So we'll uh, put in my bookings here when I'm going to festivals. Which I'll be first going to the Hangout Festival, which is going to be uh, Pensacola, Florida, and you know, the Coast Alabama from May 18th to uh, May 21st. We'll be out there. We're going to go to Boston Calling, which is going to be out there in Boston from May 26th to May 28th. And uh, finally, I'll be going to uh, New York City for the first time, guys. I'm really excited for that from uh, June 10th to uh, June 12th from the uh, Governor's Ball. I also plan, uh, you know, my first event would be WrestleMania, which you know, first I want to take out there for uh, events. And I also plan to go to uh, Washington, D.C. and Georgia in uh, September, so we'll put more posted of that when uh, that time gets closer to it. So, But yeah, guys, uh, really informative. <laughs> Thanks for really for a podcast, guys, for uh, 98, 99, probably a recap of WrestleMania. So we'll go in there. I want to take my dad out there for a good time. And then we'll celebrate the you know, 100th episode of the podcast, guys. Can't believe it's going to be really fucking here, guys. So we'll have a big uh, show for that. So, all right, guys, we're going to take out the podcast. Uh, thank you all so much for uh, tuning in for another episode of Thumbs in the Pod. You know, be sure to uh, share out there. Be sure, for us. Just be sure to uh, have our sponsor, Top Abstracts. Uh, be sure to follow our, our social media down in the description down in the episode podcast below. It's a five-star five -star range, really helps on the podcast, and uh, yeah, hope all you have a safe and uh, safe and blessed uh, St. Patrick's Day, guys, whatever we're going to do for celebrate, and uh, we'll take it out here, guys, until next time, this is DJ Stats, and I'll say peace, play outro.